0: This guy, this I'm walking, I'm on the phone, I'm on a FaceTime with my wife and 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 baby. And the baby is is leading the FaceTime. And um this guy comes up to me, and there's so many autograph alons, because like just so many, you know, Donovan McNabb and now all of these people, let alone like the absolute like A-list stars right. um who are who are wandering around, Josh Allen, Steve Young, et cetera, et cetera. So this guy comes up to me and goes, Let me get you, let me get you, let me get you. And I thought he thought I was like, I, I don't even know who's short and that's blonde hair, Sean McVeigh? and <laughs> Cooper Cup. He thought I was Cooper Cup, buddy. And I go, I'm not famous. And he goes, no, I'm from Tacoma, Washington. And I'm the biggest around the horn fan in the world. Ah, how about that? And he was like, I, I, I was like, I have to have you. And then he was like, I only have baseball logos to sign. What do you want? And I said, I'll send Miami, Miami Marlins, a team I don't like but I had to sign a baseball logo for this guy because a guy from Tacoma loves around the horn. Look
1: at you, famous KC.
0: That's fantastic. No, it's not It's not about me. It's about the show. <laughs> it is about the show. We are but cogs in a, in, a, in a beautiful machine.
1: Besides dodging humans that want your autograph, you're about halfway <laughs> through the week. The Super Bowl is in three days. How ready are you to get out of Vegas at this point? I had Steve Young on the show today, and he
0: put it the best way. He said, it's great to be in Vegas for a few minutes. Um, So, like, everyone's like, oh, it's three days. No, it's about an hour. It's about an hour. Um, I'm ready to get out of Vegas. The one thing I'll say is that the only way you know you're in Vegas, like, you're walking through the hotels, and obviously it's it's loud. There's there's slot machines everywhere, all that stuff. But at the Super Bowl – um, you're mostly in like a handful of of big conference rooms, and so like it's Radio Row, it's the you're you're in hotels doing player access, all this stuff, and so I know this is the craziest thing any listener is ever going to hear. There's not, if you're a working member of the media, a whole massive difference between Vegas or Phoenix or Indianapolis. Because as long as they're all close together, you pretty much get the same experience. I saw the pool at the Mandalay Bay today. Nope. I looked at it and I said, that's as close as I'm going to get.
1: Really? So you've had no chance to drink in the sights or the sounds or anything else that might, you know. It's impossible. Uh, on Friday, on Friday, when you kind of get a 36-hour break,
0: you get to sort of explore the space. Um, but that's about it. It's, it's uh If you're, I've I've always said if you're, if you're, I'm so tired right now that if I had alcohol, I would go to sleep for three days. So, um, it's 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 a it's a it's a slog. One might say you are ready for some football. Absolutely. If the game could start now, it'd be great. But I mean, it is. Like, the only thing I want to make clear, like, this is a really cool experience. I'm not saying, when I say slog, I just mean it's just a ton of work. It's it's a celebration of football, and I love it. And I, and I think that the conversations about football, and I think a lot of times, Clinton, like, people think that, because they see the media night questions or whatever, mm-hmm. and it's always like, you know, hey, who are people asking Brock pretty crazy questions or asking Andy Reid at the game of script or whatever it's not really that it's it's people talking ball and talking football and, and talking about Mahomes and Purdy and all this stuff and it really is a really cool event if you love football and I, I certainly do and so when I say it, it's a slog I, I mean just be workload um it's 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 a f- it's football heaven here um and there's just so many cool people walking around who just want to talk about ball and and I, I really I really do love it as tired as I get that's that's what a vacation is for next week
1: In just days, the Super Bowl kicks off in Las Vegas for the first time ever. And the San Francisco 49ers and Kansas City Chiefs face off in the last game of the NFL season. It's been a long road to get to this point, and with the odds as close as Sin City says they are, it's basically a toss-up. So today, Kevin Clark, host of This Is Football, tells us what each team has to do if they want to walk away with Lombardi's trophy in tow. I'm Clinton Yates. It's Thursday, February 8th. This is ESPN Daily. Delicious, meat, nutritious. In the snack that packs a real protein punch, wonderful pistachios, one of the highest protein nuts out there. Each one-ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Trust me, I've been eating them like there's no tomorrow all week. Wonderful pistachios also come in a variety of flavors and sizes, perfect for enjoying with your family and friends or taking them with you on the go. And you, like me, are on the go a lot, taking the kids to school, hopping from meeting to meeting, shopping for groceries, whatever it may be. Well, the good news is not only are wonderful pistachios a complete protein providing all nine essential amino acids, they're also great for all your adventures. So whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut, or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snack game today. Visit WonderfulPistachios.com to learn more. Kevin, you just mentioned Media Night, and before we dive into the X's and O's, Please do take me through what that's like for those of us who have never experienced it or those of us who never want to experience it again as I raise my hand.
0: I'm going to uh, tell you a story I heard the other day, haven't sit anywhere else. Um, one of the teams here, and they've both been to the Super Bowl recently, um, but they were talking about how a few years ago a, a media reporter at media night was like playing pranks on players and he was going up and saying, will you look at this uh well you look at this drawing my child made and the player said sure and then they would show it to him and it would be a uh a private part oh. of uh, of a person and yes literally and it's like you're sitting there and if you're like a tight end or a running back of a team and you're just trying to get ready for the Super Bowl you're like why am i standing here to get pranked and i've always thought that those goofy questions i mean it's really like 5% of this stuff Normally which is people asking about football um but i i feel worse for the players having to stand around because it, they're they get stuff like that not I mean, that's an extremely rare example but i heard it the other day um and i think more than anything and this was this was years this was a couple of years ago this sure. wasn't this year um but it, i i think more than anything it's just a a sea of of humanity and you just see so many different people and they all have different things to get and like you know what, what I think is fun at that thing, and I, I have certain football obligations I want to get done, and so do most people in my industry. But I think it's fun. Like you'll see, you know, the student student newspaper, or student social media team from a college try to get you know one of their alumni's in the Super Bowl, and they always give them time and it's stuff like that. And the, the thing I don't think anyone realizes about the reason the Super Bowl is so accessible is because it needs to be the the event of the country. Yeah. And what I mean by that is Seattle. TV if, you know, some stud, you know, high school player who went to UW, I'm making this up hypothetically, but if, if he's playing in the Super Bowl, you send that crew down and and, and that guy gives you five minutes on how much UW uh, shaped his life. You see this all the time. Um, and you get everybody gets their own story, and so I necessarily I think for the media it's it's really good. I think for the NFL it's really good. People always say when are they going to you know get rid of this thing? It's such a circus. It, mostly, and that that prank notwithstanding, mostly it's just people just doing their jobs and and making this the media event of the world. And it's funny because the NFL is still a very accessible league. And I remember talking to somebody in the league office about this a couple of years ago, and they said, you know what? We could probably get away with with having less access, but we don't want to find out because guess what? 60 million people watch our championship games and 120 million people watch our Super Bowls. And they, they, whatever they're doing right now is working. And so I've always felt that the media access at the Super Bowl, while a pain in some situations, is really vital to the storytelling of the country because you just think about all the local news, all the local news sites, um, again, all the the colleges and stuff that are getting this stuff. It just becomes America's story.
1: That said, it has been a sort of quiet lead-up to the Super Bowl in terms of some of those off-the-field headlines, knock on wood. We haven't heard any bulletin board material to speak of or really anything crazy happening. The largest complaint I've heard about is the 49ers have a problem with the grass at UNLV. (laughs) What is that all about for the layperson? All right. So
0: essentially the, the UNLV ground they feel is too soft. And Adam Schefter uh, came out and said that they are not happy about it to say the least. Uh, The NFL says we tested it. We're good on this. Logistically, it's really hard to find places for NFL teams to practice. And, oftentimes what they'll do is they'll have one team in an NFL facility, whichever NFL facility is hosting, obviously. And then they'll have the other team at a local college. That's usually the only other. And then, oftentimes the college will upgrade their facilities. Hmm. Um, and essentially uh, the, what what it seems like now is that the testing has been done. Um, the Niners do not agree with the NFL's tests and they just say it's not good enough. Um, it just seems like it's going to, Go ahead. I've not seen any news of a venue change, um, but these guys take this, this turf stuff very, very, very seriously. They hate MetLife Met stadium for that reason. I mean, you, you think about this one torn ACL one, one, one turned ankle. Cause you got stuck in the turf or it was too soft or whatever. Can change the course of a guy's life, um, and, and I'm I'm very 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 sensitive to the turf um, the turf complaints. And you know, I had Chris Long on my show a couple months ago, and he made the best point I've ever heard about this, which is you know everybody sits around policing hits, and they should. And and hey, we're, what was we got to get this out of the game? We got to get this out of the game. MetLife Stadium takes out more ligaments than than any any you know big hip drop pack or, or whatever and there's no crisis there and they don't address that in the competition committee and so um i, I totally get why teams are sensitive about it and something like the niners are but it sounds like it hasn't been too big of a problem you know you, you mentioned no bulletin board material these teams have been here before and they have coaches who just it's no bs and i think that that's you've seen this they're, they're ready for the game and they're not going to get uh i would say distracted um for sunday
1: all right, let's get off the practice field and let us get to the actual game itself by taking a look at the coaches. Andy Reid, Kyle Shanahan, two names we know, two names we're not going to forget. Reid is really looking to throw his hat into this best coach ever discussion while Shanahan is sort of just trying to get over the hump himself in terms of his first ring. How do you see this matchup and what's on the line for these two, dare I say, for their legacies, even though I hate that word?
0: It's funny. I was doing some San Francisco radio earlier today. And they said, what happens if Shanahan loses this game? Well, first of all, I always think like the choker narrative or whatever you want to call it is always overblown because you know this in, in baseball and in basketball and football and all the sports we love, a bunch of guys have been chokers until they're not and then everybody forgets it. You know, nobody ever says, well, n- nobody says, hey, we got to win the big game again. You just have to do it once. And so I always think... I think he'll get Shanahan will get a lot of heat for can't win the big one, all that stuff, and they haven't had the best playoff performance, and and I understand that, but I also feel like it just takes three good games in a row for that all to change next year. So I, I always, I think Kyle Shanahan is is uh, strong enough to to withstand six months of criticism, and that would be mostly outside the Bay Area. I think the Bay Area loves him; they're not going to turn on him. They're not going to say fire Shanahan. So. Unless it's a Dan Campbell fourth downs decision, um, I think he's not going to get that much heat among the people who currently support him. So I think with Reed, I mean, I, I'm surprised. So I said he, the 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 greatest of all time coach discussion is closer than we think or will be closer than we think. Maybe two weeks ago, and I was surprised the level of people who came at me and said, "How could you say this?" And I'm thinking. Mahomes signed a 10-year contract that still has, what, six years left, seven years left? He's going to tack on extra years as they restructure. And he said he's going to be there for the entire time. He told Patrick that at the moment. I have not heard any real retirement rumors. And I'm just thinking, if the floor is the AFC title game, and it is for Andy Reid and Mahomes, and the only way to beat them once you get there in the AFC title game is to either play perfect football or hope they have a flaw— Um, This year, by the way, they did have a flaw in the receiving core, and it didn't matter because nobody played perfect football against them. But if that's the floor, you're going to get to a handful more Super Bowls. You're going to win a a handful of more Super Bowls. Andy did it with two teams um, getting to a Super Bowl. Belichick did okay with the Browns. Um, But I just think we're probably underappreciating Reed's ability to quickly accumulate Super Bowls. And that's something Belichick did. Remember, before that second run for Belichick, uh, we were wondering if he was going to end with with three. Um, and so I just think it's, it's a completely open debate because Andy Reid's still going. He's six years younger than Bill Belichick. He has only a slightly worse win percentage, which will only go up as he has Patrick Mahomes, barring some sort of injury. And so I don't think necessarily that that he's going to catch him or whatever. I just think that the idea he can't catch him is really strange to me because we got a lot of ball game left in a lot of years on a team that the floor is higher than we've seen uh, of anybody except Brady and Belichick.
1: You talk about that competitive balance in terms of what Andy Reid has available to him, and you've said in recent weeks yourself that Patrick Mahomes is in what we'll call his Jordan era, meaning all the people that went up against him are pretty much out of luck because the guy is yeah. on such a hot streak you know, when it comes to muting legacies, who do you think that affects more? Do you think it's one of those things that builds for Patrick, or do you think you start to look at other guys and say, you're just never going to get over that hump as long as this guy's here? Let me ask you a question. Yes?
0: I think a lot of... When people think about Sean Kemp, Gary Payton, Sonics, or the Stockton Malone Jazz, or the Shaq Penny Magic, do people go call them chokers or they say they were just born in the wrong year? Because I think the MJ era, part of that is that obviously you you change everyone around you's legacy, but the other part of it is that there's an understanding among the sports community that man, you're you got screwed, and 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 I've said this on my show, but I think the the best compliment Mahomes is going to get, Clinton, is in 30 years when all these guys are in Canton, Ohio. And there's guys who are we think are superstars now who are going to be ringless with that gold jacket going up to Patrick Mahomes and saying, screw you, buddy. And, and you know, <laughs> they'll all laugh about it. But, man, they really believe that. I, I wish you had never, you know, wish you played baseball like your dad, buddy, because uh, I'd have a lot more rings. And that's that's what happens with the greats, Tiger Woods. Um, Michael Jordan, Wayne Gretzky in hockey, is the the Yankees in the late 90s, is you change the legacies of people around you because you take everything. You don't leave it for anybody. And that was why I got a listener question two weeks ago. Is Mahomes Jordan or LeBron? And the reason I default to Jordan is because I don't really know which play... LeBron, as great as he is and as amazing as he is, and I have so much respect for the way he's built his career he's left room for other guys and Jordan suffocated the entire league and said this is my era and until proven otherwise um and maybe it gets unproven on Sunday I just feel like that's the kind of run we're about to
1: have coming up we will get into actual football chalk talk with an actual football reporter every time or your money back because with eBay motors, you're burning rubber, not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to make your car, the MVP and bring home some huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at eBayMotors.com. eligible items. Only exclusions apply. The NFL schedule drops this week kiddos, and you can be there to catch all the action live and in person with vivid seats. Experience every touchdown, every tackle, and every eye-popping play of your favorite team. And to kick it off, Vivid Seats, the official ticketing partner of ESPN, is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code DAILY. That's code DAILY. Download the app or visit vividseats.com today. Vivid Seats. Experience it live. All right, Kevin, let's start with the matchup between the guys protecting Patrick Mahomes and the guys chasing him. Who has the advantage up front between the Chiefs O-line and the Niners' vaunted pass rush? All right, so the Joe Tooney injury to me is massive. And so
0: he's the Chiefs uh, all-pro guard. And one of the things that I've always said about great quarterbacks is you don't win a Super Bowl because you have a great quarterback. It's because you drafted a good quarterback and then figured out what to do with him. And in the Chiefs' case, it was rebuilding a great offensive line around him, and Joe Tooney's a huge part of that. And they did an admirable job in the AFC title game minimizing that. Um, but, man, against a front where you can move Nick Bosa around, Chase Young is there, um, legitimate depth on pass rush, that might end up showing up. Um, having said that, you know, I remember Kyle Long saying this a couple of weeks ago to me, but, but the, the Mahomes knows the weaknesses – going into the game and then uses them against the defense. He knows he is not stupid. Uh, We are not springing it on him that Joe Tooney is a great player and the fact that he is a long shot to play on Sunday is a big deal. And so they're going to adjust to that. They're going to adapt to that. Um, Nobody's better at saying, you know what, this isn't working than Andy Reid in the modern game. And so I think that there's going to be legitimate pressure, but I also think Mahomes is good enough in the pocket. Um, You know, his speed is uh, is clocked at, quote, just fast enough. That's it. That's all he needs to do. He's always one step ahead of everybody else. And so I think the Niners are going to win a lot of those battles, but I I don't know how much that's going to end up mattering, frankly.
1: Beyond Patrick being able to be the leader, who do you see as the weapons who need to weapon on this Chiefs team? And do they have the same kind of personnel that can hurt the Niners, like some of the opponents they had earlier in the playoffs?
0: No, they don't. And but but guess what? They have Travis Kelsey. And they've been able to, you know, I, I guess the old the old man phrase would be MacGyver their way out of these situations with just Mahomes and Kelsey. That's it. That's all you've needed. And we've seen Eight or nine weeks in a row, Clinton, um, in, over over the last five years, we've seen stretches where Kelsey's all they had. And they've tried different stuff and they say, OK, we don't have anything, especially after the Tyree kill trade. We don't have anything but Kelsey. And it hasn't mattered um, when they actually expand the wide receiver rotation and they try to get Kadarius Tony involved and, um, you know, get MVS more involved like. That's when they end up getting hurt. They know who they are. They know their identity, and they can always go back to that. Maybe next year the Rasheed Rice will develop more, and they can trust him. But it, I, all they need is Kelsey, and I think Rice would be would be great um, to have on on Sunday as a as a big weapon. But you know, if they've proven anything post Tyree Kill trade, it's that they don't need much here. So I don't I don't think there's really a an X factor or anything like that, other than the offensive line holding up. Um, and so I just. I mean, it's, it's Mahomes
1: doing what he does. Wow. Pat Mahomes, system quarterback. Got it. I'm kidding. Kevin, let's move. let's move to the other side of the ball. Kyle Shanahan, he's got a tricky history in big spots. He's one of the league's best offensive play callers, no doubt. He's got an offense loaded with all sorts of weapons that they can get the ball to. How can he make sure he doesn't mess around and shoot himself in the foot on Sunday like we've seen before with his offenses in big spots? What, what happened in big spots? I'm kidding. Oh, I don't know. Just a number we like to call 28 to three. Just, just thinking.
0: <laughs> um, the reaction to him losing this game would be uh, wild, but I think uh, there's a couple things. Number one, Brock Purdy has not been particularly careful with the football since December started. Some of his turnover-worthy plays numbers are up. Obviously, he has the face mask throw um, two weeks ago against Detroit. I think settling him down is the most important part of this and knowing that it's, you don't have to be everybody keeps saying game manager. And I don't really think he's a game manager because he plays so much out of structure. And I think the important thing is to take the easy pass, hit Debo, hit Brandon. Ayuk, you, you know, check into a Christian McCaffrey run do, do those sort of things and don't try to be a hero. I think Brock Purdy, his best attribute is taking the boring stuff. Typically. And I think you just need to do that. Be as boring as possible. And what I think is that a lot of times, Clinton, like daring teams to be boring is a good strategy in football because they can't do it. Kyle Shanahan's not going to sit there and say, well, I've got all these good passes. I want to I show them to the world. Brock Purdy wants to show that he's a, uh, you know, a top-tier quarterback because that discourse around him has gotten so toxic. So um, I think the, the, the not shooting yourself in the foot starts and ends with take what the game plan gives you. And if the Chiefs say we're going to make Brock Purdy beat us, find a way for that to be as easy as possible. Be boring. Don't try to go for the Brock Purdy kind of masterclass, showcase, look what we can do kind of thing. Take the yardage in front of you and let everything else sort itself out. It's an offense based on making people miss. They break tackles at a historic rate, and it's not just one guy, it's four of them. Um, And so I think you just put the ball in the hands of your playmakers and, and let them do the rest
1: I'm not going to go off on a whole thing about this, but I do have an opinion about the concept of game managers as if that is an inherent problem. It's like if one of your homegirls says, oh, yeah, that's my boyfriend. You know what? He doesn't do anything wrong. He just takes out the trash. He brings home the bacon, and I like him a lot. That's not a problem, okay? You know what I mean? Quarterbacks who, in my opinion, can mold to the system are more likely to be successful in this league than guys that come out of college with just rocket arms and no idea what they're doing. And so box rant. (laughs) The Chiefs beat reporter, Adam Teicher, told us earlier this week that we're watching a Chiefs team that is being led by its defense. They held the Ravens of Lamar Jackson, the presumptive 2023 NFL MVP, to 10 points in the championship game, Kevin. And they have held seven of their last eight opponents to 20 points or less. Can Steve Spagnolo, Spags as he's known, keep it up against the Niners offense? Yes, um, he can.
0: And I think the most important thing, Adam Teicher is right on, obviously. He knows that team as, as well as anybody. The most important thing to me is that we missed, uh, let's say the media at large, because I I was saying it, but I I think nationally we missed the the narrative of the season with the Chiefs. It wasn't about the bad receiving cores, but the great defense. And sometimes you got to rob Peter to pay Paul when you're dealing with the salary cap and draft capital and all of these things. And so, okay, they'll be able to figure out the offense. They have Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and Rice and and they'll be able to manufacture something. But the defense, a good young aggressive defense with Steve Spagnuolo calling calling well timed blitzes. Steve Spagnuolo, by the way, being so bad at being a head coach that he's not really getting any buzz to do it again. Um, this is set up to be a nice little run here, and I think that the the timing on those those pressures in the AFC title game was awesome. I think not letting up when it was clear that the the Ravens didn't have that kind of game plan, um, didn't have a game plan that was that was particularly smart. Um, I thought that was genius. I thought the way they they pursue, um, you know, the luxurious needs, a flowers fumble. Um, this is a swarming, fast, athletic, uh, badass defense. Frankly, and I think that's that to me is as important. You know, if you're ranking most important people to the Chiefs run right now, I put Mahomes one, Reed two, Kelsey three, and Spagnuolo four um, because I think this is just it's so important what they're building. And I don't know if they're leading with their defense, um, but I, I, I do think that um, they you cannot tell the story of this team without the leaps and the fact that they were able to, to, to keep the, the Chiefs
1: in games and win games uh, when Mahomes was figuring out what, what was going on in offense speaking of important people in their respective rankings for their team, on the San Francisco side, there's obviously Brock Purdy, my jokes about game managers aside, and I think there's also somewhat obviously CMC in terms of him pacing the game on the ground. But is there anybody else who you think needs to go off for the Niners for them to definitely be in this game?
0: First of all, CMC might be important um, in a way we don't even anticipate. I mean, like, first of all, um, I think that the the Niners are the best team of football against heavy boxes and light boxes. And what that signifies to me is that they're just good everywhere. And so even if they say, hey, we're going to sell out and stop C- Christian McCaffrey, he's still going to get yardage. I would actually say, don't sell out at all. Let McCaffrey get his yardage and go from there, almost like what Bill Belichick did with Thurman Thomas. Um, but I think you're looking at a couple of guys. I think you're looking at... Um, Brandon Ayuk, who's always open, you know, ESPN has the analytics thing, um, where they, where they, uh, they do the most open guys in football and Ayuk is, is number one by far over CD lamb, I believe. Um, Debo Samuel is and this by the same measure, the best yards after catch guy in football. And then George Kittle, um, who I think we've all kind of forgotten about because he's not the player statistically he was three or four years ago. Um, he has the capability to do anything at any time on a football field. And I, I, I've often said, you know, if you have 11 George Kittles on a football team, um, on a football lineup, uh, you're probably going to win every game because he can do blocking, catching. Um, I don't know about throwing, but uh, they wouldn't have to worry about that on the Kittle team. Um, he, he's just uh, an animal out there. And I think that's, I think the problem with the defending the Niners is there's just too many guys like that uh, to where it's always going to be a long day because they can't all fail at once.
1: You're still in Vegas. We all love Vegas, and we all know what one does in Vegas, so we can't let you go without asking you a question about any potential wagers that you might have seen on the board. What's the wonkiest bet that's caught your eyes so far going into this one?
0: Oh my God! I have not actually looked at any of the of the boards. I know that people are obsessed with the color of the Gatorade bet. Oh, and I just feel like that that there's a, so there's, that's a big thing. What color is the Gatorade going to be that gets dumped on the the coach's head? And uh, I don't I don't even know how you'd find that out. But it feels like that there's a lot of tampering uh, possibilities there. But that's that's the one I've seen people make reference to.
1: Huh, that's an interesting one. I think I'd put my money on red. I mean, both teams are red, so that seems to be the
0: Mm. obvious choice. Well, and then there's the over-under on the national anthem, too, which is always important. Right.
1: Last thing I'll ask you, you know what it is. Kevin Clark, who you got?
0: I have the Kansas City Chiefs by
1: one touchdown. Easy enough. Thank you, Kevin. Have fun. Thanks, guys. I'm Clinton Yates. This has been ESPN Daily. Talk to you tomorrow, kiddos.